Hello and welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which is the place for property investors to come and build commercial and mixed use property portfolios. It's honestly an amazing, amazing place to be. Oh, there is so much going on. I think I'm just going to jump straight into this podcast. So I was away last week. And the reason being was that we lost our cat, Oscar. If you remember from the last podcast that I did, he was actually sat in a room with me. And I had to kick him out halfway through, if you heard him, meowing. Really sadly, we... Um, lost him. We don't know where he went on the 25th of March. And we spent the next 10 days looking for him. Three times a day, we'd go out early morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening, whenever we were up feeding Harry. So we were at, absolutely exhausted. We were leafleting everywhere. We phoned all the vets, we phoned all the sanctuaries just to see if we could find him. And then 10 days later, we got a phone call from somebody, an anonymous phone call from somebody who said that they had buried a cat the weekend before last, and it was Oscar's description. So Chris went and dug up this cat, took it to the vets to be microchipped because there was really not much left of it after it decomposed. And it was our boy, our lovely little Oscar. So we have been utterly distraught, heartbroken since we found out that news. And for those of you who've been with me a long, long time, you might remember way back to 2019, November 2019, I was doing a live commercial property webinar. And that was when we found him, when we first bought him in from the bin bag that we found him in in Brooklyn. He's come with us to Charleston. He then moved with us to Austin. We don't know what happened. We don't. The body was so decomposed. And do I want to know? I'm not really sure. I'm just really sad about it. Really, really sad about it. It was awful news, especially because it was the week that I was coming back from maternity leave. And quite frankly, I couldn't really focus on anything. Um, I was just so upset. Pets are like your family members they are your family members you know we're a family of five and we're never going to forget that so that was where I was last week and oh gosh it's been sad we ended up going away this weekend just to see if we could get some time away because I keep looking out into the garden and expect him to jump over the fence so we went up to Dallas which was great actually Dallas was lovely really impressed by Dallas um Chris and I were actually thinking could we get a second home in Dallas would that be somewhere that we wanted to buy we went to Dallas first time oof, probably 2013 2014 on one of our road trips every Easter Chris and I used to take 10 week, 10 days to two weeks and we would just do a road trip across America And that was a road trip where we stayed in Dallas to start off with. We did a lot of Texas. We drove from Dallas down to San Antonio, came back up, um, 
didn't really spend much time downtown Dallas at that point when we used to travel we would do really cheap Airbnbs they'd be quite far out of the city so I don't remember it as much as uh, I thought I did or I don't didn't know the city as much as I thought I did and so we managed to do a lot of exploring actually getting out uh, riding the M-line train uh, which was great because we could get summer on that. So we went all the way up to the top of Uptown into the West Village. And then we walked back down the Katy Trail to the American Airlines Center where the Dallas Mavericks play and the Dallas Stars, who are the hockey team. And then back into town, had some gorgeous meals out. Just generally lovely trip. And then on the way home, we went by a Fort Worth and went to the stockyards and uh, watched them herding the Longhorns, it doesn't stop the ache anymore. But one of the things that I like is that as young Harry is a Texan, we're taking him to see different places within Texas. So we went down to Corpus Christi, Christi the week and a couple of weeks ago around my birthday time um, and took him out to the Padre Islands. And so now he's done Dallas, although I'm sure he'll want to go back. We just absolutely loved it. I've always got my eyes open for, you know, places that we could invest in. Austin is expensive, really, really expensive. We've got a home here and we bought our home here. And um, estimates suggest that that's gone up about $100,000 since we moved in or we bought it in October, which is madness if true. But that's just because of the shortage of housing in the area and the amount of people coming here to live. Um which is also true because I don't think I have a single friend in Austin who has always lived in Austin. A lot of people have moved because their partners are in the tech industry or uh, for other reasons. So, or they just wanted the good quality of life, which is down here. And yeah, there is, there's loads to do. Um, really good for young families. Just a lot going on in your in central Texas so you can get everywhere. So from that point of view, this area is getting more and more expensive. I can't see anywhere where I would potentially invest in right now. Uh, yeah, I, I keep an eye out. I'm always interested. You know what I'm like. Can't, you know, can't put down a deal. But thinking about other places and Dallas is a three hour drive from here. You're going to be like, uh, Natasha, that's a long way. Well, it's not really in Texas terms uh, three hours is about as the the minimum it takes to get anywhere and in between that you've got kind of uh no man's land I'm gonna say that because there's weird things that go on um I don't know people are um strange to say the least so from that point of view, not everybody, I'm not stereotyping everybody. It's just always seem to get caught having strange conversations as if I'm the person that they should be speaking to. Um, had a conversation with somebody uh, who thought that I would be the prime target uh, for anti-abortions as I'm standing there holding my 10-week son, um, asking me about all the things that did I realise from my pregnancy, which were utterly crazy, utterly crazy. I have never, never heard of it um, before in my life. Uh, things like, uh, did you know that your uh, fetus has eyes from 12 days after conception? So if you have an abortion, it can see itself being murdered. What on 
earth. I said, well, I must have missed that on the scans. <laughs> oh, so yes, that's what I mean is that, I mean, people seem nice enough, but they want to engage you in those absolutely chaotically crazy conversations that I do not do not need to get involved in. Um, so if you are ever looking for the oracles of science or um, things that, you know, you've never heard of, I would suggest going uh, in between the big towns in Texas. People are going to tell you stuff. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. I digress. Um, so that's <laughs> that's just my personal life and what we've been doing. Yeah, it's been a sad old week. Um, but I'm glad that we get to show Harry new experiences and, and that kind of helps a little bit uh, just to show that, just to make me feel that he is really getting a education young. That, that's where I'm starting. What else happened? So from my remortgage went through, everybody. Can we celebrate that? Well done, Virgin Money, for getting your act together. Only took you four months. Four months. Bloody hell. It's frustrating. But anyway, that second charge uh, that I had uh, to buy Barnstable has been paid off. Thank goodness is all I can say. And my monthly payments go down from 816 to 371 or on the mortgage statement. It actually said something like £369 and something pence. Fine whatever it is that's absolutely fine now I've had a lot of questions about why did I decide to go from a repayment mortgage to an interest only mortgage um, and the reason being is that I was on a repayment mortgage because I needed a property that was in my own name and I was paying off when I was investing in residential and so I kept it on a repayment basis it was always cheap you know I was getting I was on like 1.87, I think, um, on a repayment basis. And I thought that was the best that I was going to get. And then with Virgin Money, I was offered 1.6 on um, an interest only basis for the next five years. And I thought, you know what, number one, tick, great. So that is the first reason why I switched. I could get cheaper on interest only. They didn't, Virgin Money did not need me to have my own home um, and this one um, is now on buy to let so that was that was the one that was number one plus number two when you're investing in commercial property through a limited company you don't need to show that you own a home either you can have everything investment properties um, so I don't have a home that I live in in the UK um, whilst I'm technically still a UK resident because I pay all my taxes in the UK. Um, I don't have a home that I own that I live in. Um, so I live through my business address um, because that is a residential ad address. And, and so from commercial property lending, they don't, they don't need me to own anything. So that's why I switched it. Um, and number three, I think I can do better uh, investing, using that money to invest. Well, I already did. Right. I already did with investing in Barnstable and using the 60 grand that I took out to invest in Barnstable. And that pays a lovely net profit on a monthly basis, which is fabulous. Um, I think it's up there at 630 something 
I'm going to say. That sounds about right. I don't have those figures in front of me, but that's about it. That's my uh, net profit after, you know, saving for little bits, little bits of accountancy fees, all of that. So, um, and also then I can use that money to invest elsewhere. If it's tied up in a mortgage, we can't use it. It's a liquid funds, right? So I just figured I've got time. I can continue investing. I don't need to pay off my mortgages right now. Um, as always, my plan is just to grow over the next 20, 30 years and then half the portfolio and pay off all the mortgages. That's that's my plan. Um, so again, it doesn't make sense for me to be paying down on mortgages. As long as I'm not over leveraged, I don't believe in being more than roughly 70% loan to value over the whole of the portfolio. It was at 60% loan to value for a while, but I thought I'd use the equity. That's me, right? That's me and that's how I invest. Um, and I'm just going to reiterate something that even with my clients that I work with, I don't insist that they use the same strategy as me because everybody's got their own risk appetite. Everybody likes doing things a little bit differently. And I firmly believe that you work to your end goal. My goal is a retirement fund. As I said in the previous podcast, I don't have retirement fund apart from my property portfolio. And so that's what it's going to be. And then that will pass down to my kids. And that's my plan. That's my um, estate planning. And that's how I uh, aim to give to pass down wealth between generations ultimately that that's what it's all about um not really for me to live off of now although a little bit here and there is nice if I fancy an extra treat I don't particularly spend my property income I just uh leave it to add up and buy other properties again I'm lucky I don't need it um but that's because I provide for myself elsewhere as well so there we have it. That's what's happened over the last couple of weeks. So today's podcast, what I wanted to do um, is I wanted to go through some commercial property updates for England, Wales and Scotland. And if you have been reading the news recently, um, you've probably seen this and want a little bit of a summary. So what I have also done is I have put a link to my notes below so you can get the PDF. I'm not going to ask for your email address this time. Um, I am just going to ask if it is useful or not. That's what I want to know from you. And I will just give you this PDF. So what's been going on in the commercial property industry? Let's start with EPC, shall we? So there is a proposal from June 2022 that there are going to be reforms to part out of building regs. This does not apply in Scotland. I will come to Scotland later. So at the moment, EPCs in England and Wales for commercial property um, are as follows. And these, these are the regulations. So since the 1st of April 2018, the min minimum energy efficiency standard, MEES, MEES, on new lets and renewals needs to be an E-rating, right? So everything, lets, renewals has to be an E-rating on your commercial property. From the 1st of April, 2023, the minimum energy efficiency standard for all commercial buildings, so not just those that are let and renewals, um, is going to be an E, right? So that's everything 
you have to get your building from wherever it is uh, to that ease standard. So that's a, that's what's coming. 1st of April 2023, you need to definitely be an E at the moment if you are letting um, a new property or you're renewing a lease, it has to be a minimum of an E standard. There are exemptions, but we'll come to that in a second. So what are the proposed what are the proposed changes? Well, here are the proposed changes. From the 1st of April 2025, EPCs must be at least a C rating. If not, landlords have until the 1st of April 2027 to undertake improvements or get an exemption. Right? From the 1st of April 2028, EPCs must be at least a B. If not, landlords have until the 1st of April 2030 to do improvements or register for an exemption. So this is now what is coming in. So what happens if it doesn't come in? Well, there are going to be penalties. After the 1st of April 2023, any property with a rating of less than an E, if the lease term is less than three months, the penalty is 10% of rateable value with a minimum penalty of £5,000 and a maximum penalty of £50,000. And if the lease term is more than three months, it's 20% of rateable value with a minimum penalty of £10,000 and a maximum penalty of £150,000. So these penalties are steep, really, really steep. Um, and that is the incentive to get your EPCs in line. Again, these are proposed changes from June 2022, but as with anything, we really, really, really should be um, we really, really, really should be doing it right now. Right. Really, really important. Now, I know what you're going to be saying to me. You're going to be saying, Natasha, what are the exemptions? Well, the exemptions are as followed. First of all, you've got the rule of seven-year payback. If the cost of doing the works cannot be paid back within the savings of seven years of electricity bills, then you can apply for an exemption. Um, two, if relevant improvements have been made and the building is still substandard, then at that point, you can apply for an exemption. So that means that if you on your EPC, you have been given um, some improvements to do and that still hasn't um, that still hasn't made a difference, um, then you can apply for that exemption. Uh, Number three, if wall, wall installation is the only relevant improvement and it will impact on the structure of the building. Um, so if you'd have to take the building down, for example, or you have to take parts of the wall out, you can apply for an exemption. Number four, if a third party consent is requested and the third party refuses, then you can apply for an exemption. Um, Next, if the relevant improvements would decrease the value of the building by more than 5%, you can apply for an exemption. 
And then there is a temporary exemption if there is a sudden change in ownership. So if the building has to be sold quickly, um, then the building can be sold and the new owners have got a um, temporary extension, which is six months. And in that six months, they have to get that EPC up to standard. So all of the other exemptions last five years. So just bear that in mind. Every five years, you have to go through the process again to apply for another exemption. And the, again, the temporary change in ownership is a six month. Now, where EPCs don't apply is on the following buildings. EPCs don't apply on tenancies less than six months and more than 99 years. They do not apply to listed buildings, temporary buildings, places of worship, industrial sites, workshops, non-residential agriculture buildings, detached buildings with less than 50 square meters, or a building that is going to be demolished. You have to check those exemptions again, just to, you know, if you decide you're going to try and apply for an exemption or, or um, and say to the, uh, say to the government, hey, no, I don't need it. It's because one of these reasons, you just have to make sure that you can prove that. Again, you can prove it. And in that case, you don't need to hit those minimum standards. So that is EPCs in England and Wales. And those are the changes that are potentially coming in from June 2022. So watch out for that. Again, it's pretty steep increase now. We have to get to a C and then we have to get to a B. And when is the best time to start doing this? Right now, you have been warned. Scotland, the, the legislation around EPCs is slightly different. All commercial buildings at the moment must have an EPC when sold or let. If the building is over a, a thousand square feet, then it must have an energy action plan when the building is sold or let. That is it for regulations at the moment. There is a consultation going to start at some point in 2022 on how to get all commercial buildings to net zero by 2045 with mand mandatory procedures being implemented by 2025. So that's the difference between um, England and Wales and Scotland. We don't know what's gonna happen in Scotland right now, but in England and Wales, we can see what's coming. So again, be prepared. So that's changes to EPCs. Next up, let's look at changes to rent collection because that has changed over the last couple of weeks as well. So in the UK, in England and Wales, sorry, we've got the Commercial Rent Coronavirus Act 2022. That came into force as of the 26th of March 2022. So again, that happened a couple of weeks ago. So as of the 26th of March, forfeiture is back on for non-protected rent debt. Um, winding up petitions can be used from the 1st of April, 2022. So that's also back on the table. Commercial rent arrears recovery can also be used again from the 26th of March, 2022. However, there is a moratorium still in place for protected rent debt. That's really, really important. So protected rent debt, what is it? It's also known as ring fence debt, is any amount owing from during the pandemic, so March 2020, including rent, insurance and service charge until 
the type of business could open again at some point in 2021 or even late 2020. To find out what debt is ring-fenced, you're going to have to look at the Code of Practice for Commercial Property Relationships following the COVID-19 pandemic. So why is that ring-fenced debt or that protected rent debt really important? Well, number one, landlords can't use legal or debt proceedings against that ring-fenced debt, such as a county court or high court or judgment, whilst arbitration is going on. And we'll get to arbitration in a second. Landlords can't draw down on tenancy deposits for ring-fenced debt. So if landlords already have, tenants won't have to top this back up. Tenants must specify when they're making payments towards ring-fenced debt. Otherwise, landlords can't allocate payments towards this. And finally, if a tenant enters into a, com a company voluntary agreement, so a CVA or statutory restructuring plan, they may not include the ring-fenced debt. Um, so what do you do with the ring-fenced debt? Well, you need to treat it very differently. Um, so if there is still that outstanding, then here's what you're going to do. First of all, you need to negotiate with the tenant or try and negotiate with the tenant a payment plan um, or a way of settling it. If you cannot do that, then the government has introduced a new arbitration system, and this can be used to settle the dispute. Arbitration will look at all sides of the argument and make a determination on whether relief from payment can be granted. This includes writing off the debt in whole or part, time to pay, some instalments, or reducing or writing off interest. So what this is, is it's a system in place now for you to be able to um, sort out with your tenant how you deal with those arrears that were a product of COVID. And if the tenant is being difficult or you don't agree with what the tenant is proposing, you can now use that arbitration system. So those are the changes. Anything outside that ring fence debt or that protected debt, you can now go back to using the original rent collection methods. Um, so whatever you would like to use from there, make sure you get your surveyor to look at the options. You don't just want to be forfeiting leases and trying to find new tenants. Um, there's all sorts of things that go on behind that. If you want to have that discussion in more detail, email me, Natasha, at mcrealestate.co.uk, and I'll make sure to include it in a future podcast. At the moment, I'm just going through the changes that are happening. In Scotland, what's changed? Well, as of the 29th of March, 2022, um, there have been changes to irritancy, and this is the notice period that landlords can give tenants for non-payment of rent before they terminate the lease. This has gone from 14 weeks back to 14 days, so that's great. <coughs> Excuse me. Secondly, summary diligence. You can also use this if the lease contains necessary consents and terms allowing the identification of the sums payable and have been registered in the books of council and session. This is where the deeds, such as leases, wills, and minutes of agreement are registered. Um, there should be a clause in the lease which states that the parties consent to registration for preservation and execution, um, and then you can register it in the books of council and session. Um, your 
extract in the lease will contain a warrant that grants authority for lawful execution. So you need to make sure that the lease allows you to register this, the lease. <laughs> Basically, if your lease says you can register the lease in the books of council and session, great, do that. And then you can recover rent arrears, avoiding court action. And that includes serving a charge for payment, carrying out an arrestment of funds or movable property owned by the tenant, which is in the hands of set parties, or executing an attachment of goods, equipment, or money owned by the tenant. So that means that essentially you can go and take possession of the tenant's uh, goods and uh, you can get your rent arrears, service charge arrears back that way. And other options now available for you up in Scotland, also court proceedings if you want to use them and winding up petitions. So a lot has changed. Things have become more flexible in terms of rent collection, which is great. Um, but maybe the EPC side of things is going to be something that scares you. I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, probably a lot of case law about what kind of sustainable maintenance you can put in place via a service charge and the reason I say that is because improvements can't be put through service charge unless the improvement actually saves the building money and so if your improvements are saving electricity bills they are making the building cheaper to run easier to maintain there is an argument that that could go through the service charge. So I think we'll see a lot of that coming in the um, coming years. And, you know, it's also a good time to start talking to your tenants and saying, hey, would you like some more sustainable uh, things in place? You know, changes in how the electricity comes into the building, whether you're using renewable electricity or energy or, or not, all of these sorts of things. Now is the time to have those conversations with the tenant, so vital. If you can have tenants meetings and say, look, this is coming in. At the moment, your service charge is X. If we put in place these, these changes, then your service charge is going to be Y. And this is how much it's gonna to cost to do. So it's always bringing down the cost of service charge. I think your tenants are going to listen. It's about having those conversations. So don't be shocked, scared, whatever, thinking, my gosh, I'm about to have to spend so much money on my buildings. No, it's about working with your tenants, having a look at what they've got in the lease and seeing how you can improve the building. And going and having a look at your EPCs and reading about what you need to do next. Oof, there was a lot there, wasn't there? So much there. but. It's really useful to have these updates from um, time to time so that you know what's going on. All right. So there we have it. Commercial property updates for England, Wales and Scotland. I hope that was useful for you. Again, I'm going to put the link below so you can download my briefing notes. That was the notes I made before this podcast started. So you can see um, what I put together. Um, because I'm always doing research. These are, these are, this is my notes so that I can create this podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you have found this useful, please leave me a five-star review. I would love that. Um, and for all of you, don't forget to 
subscribed to this podcast simply by clicking the subscribe button so that you get it every single time this podcast comes out. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.